Bit of a weird season we're in, eh? As if the world hadn't gone crazy enough. I left town for two days. I come back to find that Russia's invaded Ukraine. And at that point, I thought, I'm never leaving town again. Because look what happens when I go away. Because it's all about me, right? <laughs> Maybe not. But um, the, we are in a window of opportunity, I believe, where we can be praying that this thing is contained. Um, because this thing doesn't have to go where it could go. Um, and we need to pray deep wisdom um, for leaders around the world right now and um, be interceding for the people of Russia and the people of Ukraine because there was a whole lot of protests in Russia about this as well and, of course, the army was turned on them because we wouldn't want that. Um, so we need to be praying on every side right now. And I had this passage before all of that happened um, but it kind of feels quite relevant as well. And I want to apply it personally. I want to apply it globally and kind of everywhere in between. All in not very long. Let's see how we go. You believe in miracles, right? Isaiah chapter 60. I guess I should have told you the address. Hey. Isaiah chapter 60. So last time we were together here, we looked at Isaiah 61. Now we're going to go back one chapter before that for a few moments and I want to highlight a couple of things out of there and then I want to minister into something that I think is quite significant in this season. So Isaiah chapter 60, and I've been pinned into this chapter since probably a couple of months into the pandemic. So this has kind of been a year and a half. I've been absolutely pinned to this particular chapter and um, I found it really, really difficult to get away from it. It's been kind of a fave, but you know sometimes when, like you've got a favourite passage and it's like, yeah, I really love that, but there are sometimes when it's like, you know, this is, this is now, like this is, this is alive, this is the word of the Lord for you right, right now. And so not only is it a bit of a fave, but it's like, I don't have the words for it. So let me just read it. And it will be familiar to many of us. Arise, shine, for your light has come. So this is talking to the people of God. I knew I'd get like one sentence in and then I'd stop. But the, the last six chapters of Isaiah, something that you need to know about Isaiah is there are 66 books in the whole Bible. There are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are largely to do with the people of God and what has gone before. And the last 27 chapters of Isaiah are to do with a lot to do with what's to come. Um, and it's Isaiah chapter 40 that Isaiah starts prophesying about Jesus, even though he did that back in Isaiah 9 um, as well. But he really starts to bring out that messianic theme from about Isaiah 40 onwards, which is just a little bit trippy because God kind of, everything that comes from God happens by design. When we get to the last six chapters, we are getting to, um, if you like, the kingdom age. And we read from Isaiah 61, which is, you know, our... our our commissioning chapter in Scripture two weeks ago. If you missed two weeks ago can I, and you haven't yet, can I beg you, please listen to the podcast um, because it is really setting up, um, you know, kind of setting our, what do you call the thing under the boat? A keel, setting our rudder, keel, that, the rudder. It's the rudder I'm looking for because you don't move the keel, do you, Al? No, or Vaughan would... Where is Vaughan? Oh, there he is, right behind Jeff. I thought you'd been raptured for a moment there. Um, the rudder, because the rudder, you get to move that and 
it points the direction. You can tell I'm a <coughs> not a sailor. Um, but that one really set the direction um, in terms of where we're going and, and what we feel God is saying for the year. But I'm coming back one chapter beforehand because this looks at what precedes that, if you like. And... Um, Okay, I'm going to try try and read it again. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness over the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Let me just pause there. That's the bit where I've been camped for about a year and a half. The rest of it's really cool too, and there's... um, Maybe one thing I want to pick up in a moment, but the context, verse 2, if you like, shows you what's going on. For behold, deep darkness shall cover the earth and darkness is over the people. That's pretty fitting right now, yeah? (laughs) Like like the world's gone mad um, and not just a little bit. Deep darkness covers the earth. Um, Darkness is over the people. It's into that context that this is spoken to the people of God. So when it's dark, it's a really ideal time for a light to come on. It's really amazingly helpful when that happens. Now, when you turn on a light, the purpose isn't so that you can see the light. Like we've got lights on in here, not so that you can walk in and go, ooh, lights, pretty unless you're a mosquito or a fly or something and you're very attracted to that, but I'm assuming most of you aren't that. Thanks for your support, Jen. Appreciate that. The purpose of the lights is not so that you can see the light. The purpose of the light is so you can see. And when it's really dark, I know this is profound, right? But people can't see. And so light is required. So where's that light coming from? Arise, shine, for your light has come. Do you notice he doesn't say arise and reflect? Okay, this is really deep. Anyone there? He doesn't say arise and reflect. In other words, he doesn't say there's a light over there and your job, and this is, this is a very kind of typical churchy Christian thing of I'm just here to reflect the light of the sun. You know, and, and that's all good. I'm, I'm, not kind of, I'm not saying that's not the case. It's just that that's not what this says. It says you arise, shine. In other words, your light has come. In other words, there, there is light in you. The resurrected Jesus is in you. So something has happened and there's something that we need to do. Context, deep darkness. People can't see. People don't know what's going on. Something has happened. Your light has come. That's past tense. For all the the grammatists in the room, has, has come. That's past tense, right? So that's something that's already happened. So... Into this context of darkness, something has already happened. Your light has come. Yeah. Is this on? Is it like? <laughs> this is not that profound, really. 
But there's something that we need to do. And what is it? What do we need to do before the shine bit? Arise. There's something that we need to do. In other words, this whole shining and being the light, this is not an automatic thing. This is actually something that we have to choose. In the context of deep darkness covering the earth and thick darkness over the people, there's a choice that we need to make. Jesus has done everything that he can do right now. He died on the cross, he rose again, and he put himself inside you and me. Which means, just to spell it out, the glory and the power of the resurrected Jesus, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is right here. Just point at your own heart. (laughs) Say the same glory and the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is right here. And it wants out. It wants out, as in it doesn't want to leave. It wants out. It wants to shine. Now, that's our job. We have to arise so that we can shine. In other words, there is a step of faith required from us. When we look around and all we see is darkness, there's something that is required. We don't sit here and wait for the light to come on and go, oh, cool, now we can move. Because we are it. And if we don't move, the light ain't coming on. But there is a spirit that has been covering the earth over the last two and a bit years that I want to suggest has become really, really familiar. Now, if I was the enemy, one of the things that I would do, I mean, every now and then, just just imagine for a moment that I'm the devil. For some of you, that'll be really easy to imagine. Josh is stunningly quiet right now. I just set that up for you. Come on. (laughs) I just like threw you a half tracker and was waiting for you to hook it over the fence. Anyway, so imagine I'm the devil for a moment. Now, if I want to bring someone into captivity, sometimes, you know, it's good to kind of show up and go, boo. (laughs) I think I got her just by accident anyway, like, (laughs) when Eilis is over at our house, I usually just appear out of somewhere and frighten the heck out of her just for fun. But I only do that to people I like, it's okay. (laughs) So, every now and then it's good to kind of, you know, shock people and, you know, do really big nasty things at the moment. But, remember I'm the devil, if you're wondering where I went, I'm still the devil at this point, I'll tell you when I've stopped. It's good to go boo and do, you know. But if I was going to be really sneaky, really conniving, that's okay, you're safe. <laughs> little bit by little bit, I'd just kind of seep my way in. Just little bit by little bit. So it's like you barely even notice I'm there. And then just little bit by little bit, I just turn up the heat, just turn up the heat, just turn up the heat. And then after about two years... This feeling has become so normal to you, you think it's you. And now I've got you in agreement with me without you even knowing what happened. I'm sneaky, aren't I? Okay, I'm not the devil anymore. Stop, that, that, that switches off now. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
And I find this verse fascinating right now. 2 Timothy 1.7, many of you will know this. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. And Timothy had a bit of a reputation of being, um, he was an amazing faithful man, but he was also a little bit of a wuss. And Paul was saying to him, hey, you need to stir up the gift of God that's in you. In other words, you need to come out of this timidity thing. We would say stop being a wuss, but he was a little more loving and compassionate than that. And, you know, it sounds like good biblical text. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, again, let me just step into the enemy bit again for a moment. Over the last couple of years, actually, I don't need to be, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not the enemy now. Over the last couple of years, <laughs> yeah, stop being the devil, my wife tells me. <laughs> I've heard that before. Anyway, um, <laughs> over the last couple of years, the spirit of fear has just slowly, bit by bit, just crept its way into our world. To the point where now, to feel intimidated and afraid feels normal. And if you look at the three things he says, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Let's look at those three things. Love. The enemy is warred against love. You're vaccinated, you're not vaccinated. Division. He's warred against love. He's warred against power in terms of um, us rising up and being who we are. No, you're not allowed to worship. And in some places around the world, no, you're not even allowed to meet in your homes. You know, like certain, certain governments have used this as a pretext to completely shut down the church. Um, and in Canada, and they're finally, <laughs> what's happening in Canada is crazy right now. Um, but in Canada, pastors have been jailed simply for gathering people. And... If you think it's just about the pandemic, you're missing the whole agenda of that particular government because they've been looking for an opportunity for quite some time and it's crept up and it's crept up and now they're going, Pff. and then the church just goes, ooh, we better obey. And our power is gone. That's the power bit. Sound mind. What we have heard from health authorities this year is that the incidence of anxiety, panic attacks and the like has gone up by a factor of three or four times, as in multiplied by three or four times compared to before. In other words, the enemy has attacked the soundness of our minds. Now, let's be real. It's been a crazy time. It's required a lot. Like there are, In the natural, there are all sorts of reasons why we would go, yeah, man, that has had an impact. Like it, it, It's been crazy. Like we, This is a once-in-a-hundred-year event. But I can't get past, God has not given us that spirit. And so one of the things I want to pray into today is it, it feels like a spirit of fear has become so familiar in our world around us. And this is not, this, I'm not just talking about us, I'm talking about everywhere. It's kind of like the spirit of the air right now. It has become so familiar to us that it just feels like normal. It's just, it's just what we do. It's just the way, we, it's the way we roll. But that's not what Scripture tells me. It tells me that God hasn't given us that spirit. Does that mean um, that, 
you know, all of this doesn't have a genuine impact on us. Of course it has a genuine impact on us. We're humans, yeah? That's okay. But we have access to a Spirit of God that is able to restore. He is able to heal. He is able to refresh. He's able to deliver. And I don't know about you, but I've also read the end of this book. And I've read the maps too. They're pretty cool. But the very end, let me just check that I'm right here. The very end, yeah, it's pretty good. Like the end of the book, yes, it's right here. I've read, I've read the last chapter. We win. So, Kelly, is this on? I'm just... Anyone? Right, hello. We win. So if that is already determined, then there is something available to us that keeps us in that victorious place. And sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes we are being assaulted on every side by stuff and it is just, you know, it's exhausting, it's tiring, but there is power for that battle in order to be victorious. And sometimes it's simply a matter of what are we going to choose to align with? Um, Megan was there. Oh, there she is. Okay. That, that's very versatile of you. Um, Megan sent me a prophetic word from someone on Facebook um, a week and a bit ago, and it really resonated something with me in this season. And then I'm going to land, we're going to pray and I'm going to land this. And what it talked about was these angels that were on assignment right now. And the interesting part about it was these angels, they weren't warring angels. They weren't there to do battle. They were simply carrying legal documents like contracts. And the way that they had the victory was because they just, they, they had the legal authority. Like they had the, Trump, they had the contract that says this is the way it is, so this is the way it is, and they just enforced the contract. Now, what we agree with has legal authority in the spiritual realm. So this is the only way that the enemy gets authority over us in, in the realm of the spirit is by our agreement, because he has no authority. Remember Matthew 28, where Jesus is, you know, he's about to take off. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, if he's got all authority, someone's got none. So where does he get it from? If he's able to wreak havoc on the earth, where does he get it from? He gets it from humans who have got delegated authority from God on the earth and he pulls the humans into agreement with him and Trojan horses, and you know, I'm using an IT thing then, comes in and grabs our authority and pulls it into agreement with him. So we give him legal right to be there. We give him legal right to operate. And when we try and fight against that without cancelling our agreement, it's always going to be a battle because the enemy just goes, well, I'm allowed to be here. You're in agreement with me. No matter how many times I rebuke it, you're in agreement with me. But here's the cool thing. Once we realise where we've been in agreement with the enemy, we just go, you know what? I break my agreement with that. And his authority is gone in a moment. No battle needed. It's almost too easy. Checkmate. Boom. Bye-bye. 
Later, not later, actually, lake, lake of fire. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why I'm pointing to the lake of fire over there. I'm not sure that's where it is, but it's just, it's metaphoric. It's, got, it's not in Jen's realm anyway. We know that. <laughs> yeah, Tash, you are not the lake of fire. It's okay. <laughs> Love you. Do you get the idea? So when the enemy creeps up on us and just says, you know, there's a lot to fear out there. You know, the world's crazy right now. And look at all of these things that could happen. And, 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 and all we have to go is, yeah, but I, I've got a bigger word than that. I, I've got a more powerful word than that. Yeah, we don't get our spiritual food from the news. And some of us have been feeding ourselves on that way too much and wondering why we're battling. And yet there is so much nourishment and encouragement right here. Between this and between praying in the Spirit, we are absolutely unstoppable. And all we have to do is those angels come in to enforce the contract. And so I break agreement with that in the name of Jesus. I break agreement with my mind being assaulted and being unsound. And I declare I've been given a sound mind. Don't even have to shout. I like to anyway, but you don't have to. (laughs) Because it's a simple legal jurisdiction issue. So here's what I want to do. This, This fear thing is the key thing I believe right now that is warring against the people of God doing the arise and shine. It's like we're waiting for something to happen out there. And Jesus has already put it in here and he's waiting for us to arise and to shine because the world can't see a darn thing right now and it needs the light switched on. And you know what? That's us. And it's like um, sometimes, you know, we're waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting to feel the faith or I'm waiting for something. And God's saying, hey, I'm over there. I'm already, I'm already on this. The moment you get up and meet me over there, something will happen. Yet Peter didn't walk on the water until he got out of the boat and started walking. He didn't walk on the water from the safety of the boat and go, great, I've tried this now and I got this. No, he got out there and walked. The power of Jesus met him as he stepped. And I want to suggest for us, whatever the situations you're facing, whatever the battles are, that the answer is we don't wait for something to happen. We step in and engage. We step in, arise and shine. We bring the light in. We're on the front foot, in other words. So what I want to pray for us is this fear thing has become really, really familiar. And what I mean by familiar, when something is familiar in spirit, it's either I'm just so used to it, it just feels normal, or I think it's me. I think that voice in my head is me in my self-talk. And just a little clue, if the voice in your head is speaking to you in a way that you wouldn't let one of your friends speak to you, it's probably not you. And if it is, it's only because you've come into agreement with something, like, I don't like myself. And that you can change in a second, simply by your agreement, and then the power for the healing comes. So, I want us to stand right now, if we can. And 
I, I really believe that we are about to enter a really significant deliverance season. Now, that doesn't mean it's all going to go flying right now, but if it does, whoopee-doo. Great. Um, but what I want to start with is I want to break the familiarity of that spirit of fear because the opposite is love, power, and the sound mind, and the enemy has been sowing division, insanity, and timidity. The enemy has been sowing the opposite of love, power, and a sound mind. And it's almost like because it's happened over a long period of time, it's become really familiar. And it's time for we as the people of God to go, you know what? Uh, yeah, no. No, I'm not taking that anymore. Not taking that anymore. So let me pray for you first. And I, just, I want you to engage your faith with this because you know, for some of you, you're like, yes, I've been walking this and battling this. You're like... I'm preaching to the choir for some of you. For others, you're like, oh, hang on. Yeah, I've come into agreement with some stuff. I'm going to give you a chance on that one in just a second. Um, and others, you're like, I don't know where I am. And that's okay. Because I'm going to pray right now and we're going to break the familiarity of this thing. And when we break the familiarity of something in spirit, what happens is we call it to separate from you, from your brain chemistry, from your thought processes, so that you can see it as something separate. You can actually look at it and go, oh, that's not me. That's something else. And actually, when I look at it, it's pretty darn ugly. I don't know if I want to be friends with that thing anymore. So, go into receive mode, whatever that looks like for you. Hands up, hands out, hands whatever. And let me pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just accept that scripture that says you have given us a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. And anything other than that is a foreign invader. And so God, in the name of Jesus, we break the familiarity of the spirit of fear that has been in the air around us for the last couple of years. And in many ways, it's just kind of crept up and added a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until it gets overwhelming. And for some of us, it just, it, it caught us by surprise. We didn't even know it was happening. But we know that we feel a whole lot worse now than we did a couple of years ago. So in the name of Jesus, I break the familiarity of that spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I declare it, it now needs to separate out from our body chemistry. It needs to separate out from our thinking, from our brain chemistry, from our hormones, from our, even from our personality. And we declare fear that you are no friend of ours. You are not familiar to us anymore. Metaphorically speaking, I paint that spirit red now so that it can be clearly seen as something separate to us. I command it to separate out now in Jesus' name and I put the sword of the Spirit and the cross of Christ between us and that spirit of fear. We declare that greater is He who is in us than he who is in the world around us. We declare that Jesus that is in us is greater than anything the world will throw at us. We declare that when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go, he transferred that authority to us and commanded us to go with the same authority that he just purchased through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We declare that the power of the resurrected Jesus lives in us. And just like Paul said to Timothy, and this is what I want you to start to do now. 
He's, he, Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is within you by the laying on of my hands. In other words, you have received a deposit. Now you need to do something with it. You need to get in agreement with the deposit that has been placed in you. You need to get into agreement with and start to stir up the, the power of the resurrected Jesus that is in you. And for some of you, that's, for some that's through praise. For, for many, that's through praying in the Spirit, through praying in tongues. It's one of the best ways to stir up the faith of, in you. And I just encourage you, just start to engage that now. Just, and just start to let that actually come out of your lips um, as something verbal, not just in your head. God, we just engage our spirits right now. We engage the power of the resurrected Jesus that is in us. We bless that. We agree with that. We say we are the resurrected ones. We are the one for whom the light has come and we choose to arise. We choose to arise. We choose to take a step out of the assaults on our mind. We choose to take steps out of um, the, the division that has been sowed around the world. And we choose to step away from the intimidation that says to us, pardon the expression, shut up and in your box. And we go, no, we do not belong in a box. We're the shining ones. We're the bright ones. We're the ones who, whom the power of the resurrected Jesus is living inside. That is who we are. Come on, just keep that stirring. Keep that stirring as I'm praying. Just, just keep stirring. We declare that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world around us. We declare the power of Jesus is greater than the spirit of the air. And in the name of Jesus, we just command every bit of fear to separate from us and to start to drain away. We declare, we identify you. We declare you're an enemy. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We break every generational inheritance of fear right now where it's just been normal. It was normal for my family. It was normal for their parents and their parents before them. We say it is not normal in the kingdom. The most normal thing is to be outrageously bold. The most normal thing is to be outrageously bold. Just keep that going for a bit. Now, for any of you that, that are in the midst of, you know, if you're in the midst of long-term healing journeys, what, please do not hear for a moment. I'm saying just get over it and move on. You know, if you know me, that's not the way I work at all. You have permission to be on the journey. You have permission to be working through a process of healing um, over a period of time. But once you're in that journey, all that stuff is under the blood of Jesus. And you're walking that journey and you're walking that process of sanctification, that glory-to-glory -glory journey. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes on those journeys, the Spirit points His finger to things that are really, really important, says it's time to break that. And I feel like that's what this is. It's one of those moments in the context of a longer journey that says this Spirit has been so in the air right now and it's like we've been marinating it just by being alive. It's a little bit like, you know, for some of you remember, the, like the liquid gets into the chalk ad from the toothpaste ad from years ago. It's been like that. We've just marinated in it and it's kind of soaked in a few levels too deep. And now we're saying we're pulling that out in the name of Jesus and we are detoxing that spirit. Just stay in that space. Um, one of the things we know that the spirit of fear does medically is it attacks the lungs, it attacks the breath. And um, asthma, for example, we know asthma is a medical condition. What we also know in spirit is there is a strong tie between asthma and fear, and particularly the fear of abandonment, um, 
and the fear that just comes from unhealed identity stuff. Um, and we know that there is a link between asthma and that. And right now, the spirit of fear has been really prevalent and COVID pr- predominantly attacks the lungs. I don't feel like that's an accident. So any of you who have any issues with your lungs or, or you're breathing in any kind of way, I want to pray for you right now. I don't know all of your individual situations. I don't know what's what. Um, but what I want to pray is that every remnant of the spirit of fear would get off that thing. So if there's something medical going on, it'll be purely medical and nothing else. Um, but where the, spirit, where, where the enemy gets on that, it takes it places it's not meant to go. So is there anyone in the room with lung issues around the lung? You've had, whether it's asthma um, in particular, that was the one I really felt to go after. Um, but just any, anything with issues breathing in particular, anything that's attacking the breath. Okay, so in the name of Jesus, God, I just bless all of these amazing humans um, that are responding right now. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we, yeah, go, just gather around wherever you are. Um, if a few of you can just move around and lay hands on them, that would be fantastic. So anyone with that that hasn't got someone praying with them that wants someone praying with them right now? Anyone, anyone? Okay. In the name of Jesus, we just break every generational inheritance of the spirit of fear and where it has caused inflammation around your lungs through that fear um, as a, like a natural human medical response to fear um, is certain things happen that cause inflammation that are trying to fight something because it believes there's an enemy there. But this enemy is, is it's invisible. It's, it doesn't have a substance. Um, so in the name of Jesus, we just pull that out of your lungs right now in the name of Jesus. We just release the Holy Spirit into your lungs right now. When we speak release to your lungs right now, we command every bit of inflammation to go now in the name of Jesus. And God, where there has been any partnership with the spirit of fear, we pull that apart now. And just if that's you and it's resonating with you, just say, I break every agreement with fear in the name of Jesus. And God, where the fear of abandonment, the fear of being alone, the fear of rejection has been in play, Father, we just ask right now for your spirit, that spirit of adoption that Romans 8 talks about, to come and rest and to marinate into their heart, their spirit, their soul. Marinate them deep and let it go right to their core. Let it go right to the core of every single cell of their body, Father. We release the healing power of Jesus to just marinate deep into your lungs and to bring divine order again. And for some even, I feel like, you know, to make them like new in the name of Jesus. And Father, we declare over every single one of us, you have given us a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Love, power, and a sound mind. And we say yes to that spirit. We say yes, we are of that spirit. And we receive that spirit to displace every bit of fear. And And God, I just pray, even as we leave today, that you would just keep uprooting that spirit, that every every agreement, every alignment within us, 
you know, there are so, so many times we have alignments in us that we're not aware of. But when the Spirit shines the light on it, it becomes like, oh my goodness, yes, I did align with that and now I can break it. And so we just shine the light of Jesus on every alignment and every agreement with fear so that it can be uprooted and demolished in Jesus' name. Verse 8 of Isaiah 60 says, Who are those who fly like the clouds? It's like, who are those who soar on the, wind, on, on the wings of the wind? It's like, that's us. That's our place, is to be soaring high, far above all of this stuff. Not to be down here underneath it, because Jesus, Ephesians 2, he has placed us, if one and two, he has placed us and seated us far above every principality, every power, every ruler, every authority. We are way above it. So God, we agree with what you say. And we just give permission for fear to continue to be uprooted and taken out of our life. That it would no longer be familiar and it would become so, so obvious that we are of a different spirit. And the world would look on and go, what do you got? I need that now. In Jesus' name. Amen.